Welcome, dear listener, to the late edition of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And my name's Aura. Now, uh, I was I was away for the last several days, which is why this episode's coming at you a little bit later than usual. Um, but I gotta say, while I was away, I was looking at the App Store. And I accidentally, was not planning on this, but I came across in the new and noteworthy section a certain game. Do you, do you know what game I'm talking about, Ara? Do you know what I it's called? Very possibly might know. What What is the title of this game, Ara? Now you're putting me on the spot. It's going to uh, be like this from now on. Uh, I mean, I will find it. If you do, do you know? It's Indiana Stone. Indiana Stone and the something of something, the yeah, boulder. And of I'm and I'm horrendously embarrassed that I don't know the rest of it because um, this is our good friend Tim Winsky's game. Yes. If you go into the iOS App Store in the new and noteworthy section. For two ninety nine is Indiana Stone, The Brave and the Boulder. There you go. But Boulder is B-O-U-L-D-E-R. He's, uh, he's, really, um, he's really good with those quips, this Tim Winsky. Yeah. You know, I put on to, I think it was Twitter recently, that I really enjoy reading the update notes for Letterpress because the author likes to be cheeky in his in his notes and Tim has done something very similar in his description and I'm sure yeah, he's in his updates cheeky at all times whenever yeah, possible he's puntastic a little bit too much yeah. it's like he thought of these jokes and he doesn't want to he doesn't like setting some, something on on the the cutting room floor he's not an editor he just well, don't put them all out there i mean there's a thing called you can never have too many puns yeah. So, and by game, the way, he he also he's his business card says creative dictator. Yeah. Which is awesome because you look at it and when you glance at it, you're like, "Okay, creative director." Okay. And then you look at it again and you're like, "Wait a minute, that's his dictator." Yeah. Well, when you're a one-man show. So, anyway, it's a it's a parody game about the uh the Indiana Jones something, uh the boulder scene in Indiana Jones, except um you are the boulder. You're the boulder. Not um, the Indiana Jones. I really – I don't want to screw this up and we're going to have him on at some point later on. So um, – We shouldn't talk about it too much? Is that yeah, we shouldn't talk about it too much. But the boulder's like the – no, the idol is like the boulder's girlfriend, something like that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's why the boulder's angry because Indy has taken his girlfriend. Oh, see, yeah. I did not know the story. And it's line. not Indy. Just by the way, if anybody like um, – if anybody from um, – Steven Spielberg's Lucas entourage Film? is listening, or Lucasfilm, perhaps. It's owned by Disney now. Um, or Disney. Um, it is a satire, and it is no way affiliated with Indiana Jones, the property, or the um, custom gradient. <laughs> uh, anyway, friend of the show, if you have it in you, even just as a favor to us, go by, go and, by and the even, game. But even it's, not as a favor to us. The, the only thing I want to say about this right now is that, um, you know, Tim's the kind of game developer and the kind of gamer that shares the kinds of sensibilities we do uh, in terms of actually liking games that have gameplay in them and games that are, right, as opposed to what you normally see on the mobile side, which is just really elaborate ways to screw you from well, your money. Well, listen, there are some good good games on mobile. Oh, I'm sure there's good ones, but I'm talking about the bad ones, right? Yeah, so and and the good kinds of games are in very short supply on the app stores. So I I went in to look at the reviews, right? Yeah. There were when I looked last time there were 48. Now there are 59 reviews. It's at four and a half stars and I read the first few and I was like, "Come on, those have got to be his friends who wrote those reviews, the other like indie developers in the area just saying nice things or maybe saying nice things because they like the game, but they were like far too eloquent. But I, I kept reading him and it was like, it's just all good reviews. And like he doesn't, he doesn't that's, have that's that many fantastic. friends. He, he does. That's what I know about him. So <laughs> he deserves it. You they've got to be he legit. It because, and, um, um, yeah, basically all I'm saying is that he's, you're going to pay three bucks for this game, two ninety nine, whatever. And you're going to get an actual meaningful game. Out of it, you're not going to get something that tries to surreptitiously part you from your money or waste your time. Yeah, so uh, you know, check it out. According to his description, it has rad nine-bit art and music that takes eight bits to the next dimension. It has a metric ton of unlockables and super secrets. It has four smashing game modes. Uh, before long, you'll agree this game belongs in a museum. There you go. Imagine a game full of stuff like that. So, so yeah, he did not ask us for this commercial. I just noticed it while I was away in in Utah in a fancy house. I don't know how that happened to me, but it's 
Anyway, it's a story I don't need to tell on the air. Uh, I had fun skiing, though, and okay. I found I found this game. So you should totally buy it because it doesn't totally suck. All right. Well, the next thing I want to talk about that's neither about Utah nor skiing is... Or Indiana Stone. Or that is in a couple of weeks here in Phoenix. I just learned about this the other day. Literally the other day, like a couple of days ago, not like previously one time in my life. But there's this thing called Zapcon.com, and it is an arcade and pinball convention that's happening in a couple of weeks, April 6th and 7th in downtown Phoenix. Isn't it a whole week or something? No. it's. I think that they're taking a whole week to get all this stuff. But the con is actually um, April 6th and April 7th. We're actually trying to get the people who run it to come on as guests. So um, that would be I've, even more I've tried awesome. to get that same guy on the show years ago as a guest. Yeah. And he flaked every time. So, so, so well, hopefully they'll come on and they'll be able to tell you uh, some even more cool things about it. But um, I'm just – I mean I'm just jazzed that something like this can happen in Phoenix. So – where is it being held? Is that the convention center? It's going to be no. It's not going to be at the convention center. I think it's going to be at the Renaissance Hotel downtown. In a and, hotel? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it will be limited. In They're not size. that big leagues quite yet. I mean, you got to work your way yeah. up here. Okay, but all the games are like set to free play, so you get in there and you can just yeah, play. The gonna, games there's going to be tournaments. Yeah, everything's set to free play. There's going to be all this other stuff going on. It's an interesting idea since arcades don't really exist much anymore. It's they could do this in multiple cities and make it like a roaming arcade. They totally could. There's a lot of potential here. And so for two days, the best arcade in Phoenix will exist, yeah. basically. Okay. And it will be, well, you won't have to put in quarters to play the games. That's for sure. Or dollars, as the case may be these days. Right. All right. So so what else do we have going on in Gameland? I, I told you when I came tonight that I've been... Unfortunately, sort of off the grid for the last few yeah. days. So well, I've missed thanks, a little bit. Thank, thanks to thanks. Thankfully, I'm on the grid still. Yeah. Um, GDC is going on. GDC right now, is right? happening right now. This is true. Um, sounds like Journey swept the uh, whatever awards they were having. So we won't talk about that. Yeah, I guess that's no surprise based on its history. Um, this is true. And let's see what else is. You know what's funny, actually? Um, I want to talk about something that's related to a talk that they gave at GDC, but let's let's wait for that for a little bit later in the show. What I want to start talking about now is um, this very interesting Kickstarter that has been exploding with controversy in the past couple of days. Controversy? Oh, yes. So... There's this woman, and her name is Susan Wilson, and she's opened up a Kickstarter. Um, basically, it's it's titled Nine-Year-Old Building an RPG to Prove Her Brother's Wrong because her brothers, I don't know, they're mean, I guess, right? She's she's tweeted endless, endlessly, this woman, about how mean this uh, this daughter's brothers are. And If she's the mother, couldn't she do something about the brother's being mean well we'll get we'll get to that and why she's perhaps not doing anything about the brothers being mean which is which includes uh, relentlessly characterizing them as mean um anyway so this was a 829 dollar kickstarter because that was ostensibly the cost of sending this nine-year-old girl to a, a camp where she'd learn about making rpg games yeah i i believe it's a camp for girls to get into technology and stuff specifically a stem camp which you explained to me was science and technology and e and m yeah right so um so this is all this is all very interesting there's a lot of controversy that's been brought up around it and um what what are the antagonizing viewpoints here's here are the antagonizing details right that um kind of make this so much more interesting than it would be otherwise so the mom who's doing the Kickstarter, right, she just happens to be a multimillionaire. <laughs> She's well, teaching her kid the value of a dollar, that's something I can appreciate. Don't sure. just give it away. Sure. Um, and she's also reputedly been involved in all kinds of nefarious activities um, that successful entrepreneurs do. Uh, for example, cyber squatting. Okay. Um, so it's not like she needed the money, right? So I, I don't even know what to think of this yet. I'm I'm kind of very suspicious about it, I have to say, but I'm also kind of curious because it's just such a strange thing. Um, 
first of all, right, the Kickstarter isn't really for a product. It's for... It's for a game. Well, it's for money for her to go and go to camp, and then in the process of going to camp, she'll produce a product, right? Well, yeah, but that's like saying the pebble is for the privilege of them learning how to make something, and then after doing that, you'll get the thing that they made. Okay. Right. Pebble's the watch that I ordered. Right. Right. So, so no, it's for a product. So but you get the game. I mean, I don't, I don't, no, I don't even agree with what you're saying, dude, because it's like, I don't think that anybody who's actually interested in funding this wants the product, right? Like, I think, I think what's happening here, or what seems to be happening here, is that she is certainly appealing to a lot of people's emotions about, you know, women in games and getting women in games and stuff like that. And so, they're basically paying for PR. They're paying for PR. It's just there's it, – it feels kind of a little bit disgusting to me because I kind of feel like she's exploiting her kids. And obviously she doesn't need the money and she doesn't need the 20K that people have contributed. But why do you have – I mean like why do you, why do you have um, – you know, if you go to their page, you'll see like they're – a huge part of what they're selling is also all this like promotional product – Right, she's. They're making this brand. So this, this, what is it called? Keep up, keep up. So you know, boys, you better keep up with the girls. Yeah, because you're gonna wear the t-shirt as a girl, and they'll be behind you, and so they'll have to I run mean, just as fast as you. It's a pretty well masterminded plan. It seems very masterminded, and that's why I. It just it, that's it feels kind of dirty to me. Well, and a little. So like carefully mastered. On the other hand, I I think of it as genius. Well, genius can be evil, and genius yeah. can be good. She could be a nine-year-old... Uh, well, what are they going to do with all this de- money? Deck a thousand there or something? What are they going to do? Pay for her college. I have a feeling it's already paid. Chatterboxers. How much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And we, we were talking about the Susan Wilson Kickstarter. Do you think that she will have a Kickstarter to send her child, who's unnamed, uh, to the University of Advancing Technology to learn more about game design? I wouldn't put it past them. No. But if you wanted to go there, you would probably start by going to their website, uat.edu. You could. Yeah. So I just want to say one more thing about this. Um, I'm actually really curious what other people think because on the one hand, right, like – they didn't ask for 22K. That's just people decided that they were worthy of getting collectively that much Yeah, money I'm, I assume it got mentioned point. on some big blog, and that's where you found out about it. Well, I mean, she's been – I mean, she's this Susan Wilson. She's a fantastic entrepreneur, and so she'll use all agency afforded to her to, you know, make this as big as she wants it wants to make it, right? But on the other hand, I mean, these criticisms that are being raised about it are totally legitimate. Um, it, I do feel like it's ex- she's exploiting her children for PR. I mean, it's not for money because she doesn't need any money. Nobody needs money. Well, everybody yeah. wants more money, but... Well, well, there's that side of it too, right? So can you say for sure? I don't know. Now, they did say that they're not going to be keeping the extra money. The extra. I, did, I just read the whole Kickstarter thing, and I did not see that. No, anywhere. no, there was an update somewhere. Okay. Um, I didn't read But that they also said, uh, but we don't know yet what we're going to do with it, right? And so the thing is there's been, like, enough questionable things raised about this woman's background for me to really question, like, what her intentions are. But if they're starting this whole Keep Up brand, they can 
not keep the money from the Kickstarter and then keep selling that stuff later. Yeah, they could like do on that. Cafe Press or something like that. I'm I'm sure they could do that, but and that's the that's the other part that like makes me just kind of like look at it a little askew. You know, I mean, like if there was a little bit less like space balls the toilet paper about it. I would say any extra is going into a trust for her college fund that she can't touch until she attends university at whatever age. Well, that's fine too, right? But yeah, that's well, fair. Even still, like 20K is nothing to somebody who is a multimillionaire and has been featured in Fortune magazine and so on. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. That's yep. that's interesting. But still, and uh you know, it it makes sense rather to than to have your child grow up not valuing money is to give them a challenge like this. Make them appreciate where it came from that. No, you can't just go to camp like you have to earn it in some way. Well, I hope that this is about earning it and it's not a, just about, you know, just like. Yeah, like maybe she doesn't actually have kids and she just made a plan. No, 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 no. I wouldn't go that far at all. I'm just saying. I would. Um, in. In, in a lot of her statements, she's talked about how, like, you know, her her girl, like her her girl, is like holding her head up so high about this, and she's so great. And this all just seems to be like at the expense of like her brothers. That's a lot of potential for a letdown, by the way. And well, there's that too, right? But look, well, I'm just going to leave it alone for Check now. Check this out. Give the game away for Kickstarter. Of course, it's not going to be finished because it's just going to be done at camp. So next year. She'll have the sequel, and she'll just be selling the sequel. Mm-hmm. There, well, then, then it would yes. be like about a real, like actual real product, and not just about her going to camp because she's not going to make a good game when she goes to camp. Yeah, no, not not in the however many weeks she can. It's not because she's you know. nine. It's not because she's a girl. It's not because of any of those things. It's because nobody who makes a game. Actually, it is because she's nine. It's because yeah. nobody who makes a game when they're nine is making a game that's any good. Yeah, well, it's also being made with RPG Maker. But uh, you know what would be <laughs> funny is if she went off to camp and then did that, like, classic thing like me when you go off to, to you know, sleepaway camp and you can't handle it and you just want to come home because you don't like the kids. And Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that. and That'd be I'm, funny. Like, I'm oh, really curious to see what's going to happen, right? Because the, the process of attempting to make a game is a vicious machine that has chewed up and spit out many, many aspiring individuals. Something tells me that won't happen to her, but well, we'll we'll see we'll see what comes out of the machine, won't we? Yeah. Okay, so we're we're gonna leave that topic alone now. We're done. Yeah, I think we're done with that? this one. All right. Um, well, as we said, journey sweeping things. I see an article, by the way. You know, I love to build joysticks. Uh, I do I almost have, as much as I love racing games. I have I only noticed this while we were talking, so I don't know the details. But apparently, the guy who made Katamari Damashi uh, created a sixteen-button joystick. Have you seen this already? Do you no, know what you're, this is about? You're, my mind's melting just a little bit right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm going to look at this during the break, and maybe we'll talk about it when we get back. Um, I don't know what it actually relates to, but that sort of fascinates me. Um, now, last week we had a very long discussion about uh, Android and your your tablet device. Oh, yes. How, how has that changed over the last week and a half? So I have to, I have to file a uh, second half post, uh, post I guess, 20-hour play a report. Sp- specific to real racing? On, on this real racing game, yeah. And so let's, let's recap what we said last week. Before, well, I don't, I don't remember exactly. Basically, you said they handle it really well, all of the microtransactions and all that stuff. Yeah. So and this, to just, to, just to calm your heart down a little bit. I'm not going to really be talking about racing. This is going to be once again, more interesting stuff for you. I but appreciate I'm not just that. This. I'm not just saying this for you, maybe for the other people who don't want to hear about racing. But anyway, um, I went through this really weird phase because I went from my impression at the last show, right? Which was incredibly positive. To very quickly to an incredibly negative one. I became really, really frustrated while playing this game. And I was very, worried very, you might say that. Very, very upset. Because in the beginning, right, like I said last week, I was so excited that I could kind of like um, circumvent the systems of the game by actually being good at the game. And so because you're actually driving well, – you're supposedly driving against other people's lap times, 
Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. So I started playing and then I started losing. Not only did I start losing, right? I found out that like I couldn't win some races without actually buying upgrades. Uh-oh. And then I was like, oh, oh boy. shit, right? Like this looks really bad because now it's starting to feel like they want to actually make the game harder until I have to buy upgrades and hopefully spend real money. But you can buy stuff with your normal coins or whatever, right? You can. So I was I, I was very, very intent on figuring out, right, like how is this game going to balance out? And this is really interesting, right, because whether this game turns out to be a completely um, morally built thing or an immorally – what's the other word? It's not immoral. Immoral is a word. I know, but there's another word I want to use. That's not yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, let's just use immoral, right? Whether this this product is immoral or moral, the funny part about it is that it comes down to how it's balanced, right? Like it just comes down to like you can keep the exact same structure as it is and if the numbers go this way, it's completely exploitative and if the numbers go that way, it's a completely moral and just and fair thing, right? Even though all the other people who aren't expert like you are never winning races. That's totally fine. (laughs) <laughs> because because the whole I mean the whole world right the whole idea of the video game space is that it is an environment that is purely one of it's like a meritocracy you know the people you know if you you get farther because you're good right because you've developed skill which anyone can do if they practice it's okay. not because it's not, not because, because they bought a newer car right it's not because you paid money into it right. But this is the game where you paint. This is the kind of game where you can improve your position by either doing it the hard way, the interesting way, the fun way, by playing the game and getting better, or just pay money and skip all that, right? So I was dead set on like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Like, which way is this game going, okay? And I figured out I'm actually back to where I was last week despite all this frustration. And the reason why I was experiencing all that frustration was because I had a few expectations of like what winning in that game meant and how things were going down that I didn't really figure out until I had played enough games, right? So, for example, here, here's a really funny thing, right? When you're um, in real life racing, right, the fastest times, like the fastest performers, they reach like a limit, right? They're like, in, in other words, like their times get increasingly smaller and smaller together. Right. Yeah. For I mean, naturally, that makes sense, right? Because there's a limit to how physically possible something is, and the better you get, you get fractionally closer and close, closer to that ideal limit. But in this game, it's the exact opposite. The top opponents in any race, there's like 22 cars in a race, right? In the top like three or four, the gaps between them actually get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so what that means is that all the cars are really easy to pass until you get to, like, the top three, four, five, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. And then they get harder to pass. And the reason why this has happened is because it's actually really interesting. So this is the kind of game where you can improve your situation just by by paying real money, right, and circumventing the actual gameplay. But if you still suck at it, right, like, you can still screw it up. In other words, you can buy the fastest car, the best car, but if you're still a shitty player, it's not going to help you. And that singular bit of reality actually makes every single retarded thing that they're doing in this, I think, okay. Well, what if someone does play well and has a good car? So that's... And then you're playing against their sort of ghost. Right. So here's what I realized, right? Like, I don't... I came to an equilibrium where I can, like, accumulate money now in this game without actually, like, upgrading my cars. And one of the really insidious things they do with, like, upgrading the cars is that, like, increasingly small upgrades cost increasingly greater amounts, right? Yeah, so, I would expect that. And, and my the, the strategy that I've adopted to play, which is the only way that you can play this game, in my opinion, that makes sense if you value gameplay, is, right, you don't spend any real money. And I've also found it's optimal to just not buy any upgrades and just do races as far as you can until you have to buy an upgrade. 
And I'll tell you what happens with that when we return. After a somewhat heated discussion about Camp for Young Girls, we are back. Don't forget, we have a Facebook page. It's at, uh, what is it, like, thefacebook.com? Not really the Facebook, just facebook.com slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's really long, and it's not on our website, but it's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And I, I should mention that, you know, we still have our email addresses, but I'm, I'm much more jazzed at the prospect of our listeners writing us just on that page. Yeah, this Facebook thing is really working out for us. Yeah, so because then we can respond, and then, like, it'll be a public conversation, and um, then we I'll can have what, some of our own controversy. Facebook has put together a very nice interface for us, and it's it's weird that other entities, other shows and companies have not figured this out. I well, mean, some have. The Facebook, smart ones, it's a very It's a very new thing, I suppose, uh, this Facebook, and it's good that we were right there to catch that wave at the beginning before it gets so popular that it gets boring, you know? Yeah. So Facebook.com slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a great spot for us. And uh, I'm not putting up enough. Uh, I found I, I should show this to you, actually. Let me show you some pictures before we, we go back into this real racing thing. Um, I was with like a like an old Russian. Well, she's not very old, but this Russian gymnast chick this weekend. And I thought she, that she looked like a character from a video game. Don't start. Does this mean anything to you? I have a special. I have a special disdain for. Now I'm not saying this is the, the same pictures thing. didn't come out very well. But I in, met this guy once in person, who claimed that he was like I look like a video game character because he had a funny thing on his hair. Because you're showing me a funny haircut, right? She really now. did. She really. She seriously looks like Cloud from Final <sighs> Fantasy. No, no, you don't think so? No, it's. I'm telling you, the pictures don't turn out well. She has like this, this mohawk on the back of her head, and then sort of on the top. I mean, short okay. blonde hair. All right, that's you know what that last one's kind of Final Fantasy ish. Yeah, I got to admit, it's, but it's, it's the n- pictures that don't make it. But in real life, it's not like Cloud. It's more like Squall. If we really gonna get, I got. I got to be honest. Tags. I don't. I, yeah, Cloud's hair is just all over the place. Cloud's hair is a lot more polygonal. But yeah. look, look, like I, I just I don't like comparing people's fancy haircuts to video games because she didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's not the same exact thing, but. You, all you people, I know there's about four of you out there who, like, you're so proud of yourselves for having a video game-like haircut. Like, it's just a haircut. You don't look like a video game. Anime. Okay? Like, you, yeah. can, you can have your haircut. I don't want to take that away from you. But, like, come on. Like, we're real people. Right. We're well, not video games. if those pictures had really made it more apparent, like, because, like, you even said, it's hard to tell. But if I had taken better photos, I was going to put those up on the Facebook page and ask people what they thought. Maybe. And then it would be funny because then you can tease her about looking like a man in a video game. A little bit. So I thought, what? My wife wants to talk. Is it fine? I just feel like you really have to go for it if you're going to have a video game haircut. Like, I feel like if you went for it with, like, a Sonic the Hedgehog haircut, you could claim it. But I feel like otherwise, Aro's probably right. But if you have any listeners who want to have a video game haircut, you should maybe run some sort of contest. That would be pretty interesting. If only I had a contest to run. I got to tell you, by the way, Sonic the Hedgehog and Cloud, pretty similar. Pretty similar haircuts. Well, they all feature things that are poking out from the head very dramatically, don't yeah, they? Yeah, pretty much. She wants me to do a contest where I give away all my old video games. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's. Uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, let's just wrap up this uh, real racing Real racing. Thing, right. You said you like racing without any upgrades. To so the point that you have to upgrade or something. It's just it, – here's – I mean here's the long and the short of it, right? There's a lot of insanity in this game. Like the computer cars, they drive like they can see each other but they ignore you completely. So they'll just like smash you out of the way like completely unexpectedly, right? Like they can really screw you up, right? 
the game, when it really comes down to it, it's like random difficulty every time. So when I was getting really frustrated, I was expecting that I should be able to win or at least have some kind of level of consistent performance, right? But once I realized that I would not be having any of that no matter what I did and even no matter how many upgrades I bought, I came to terms with the fact that like, look, like you just can't win first place all the time. Sometimes you can't even do anything. It's just – it's completely ra- – like it's really random. It's just random. Every time you go into a race – it's putting you up against random people, right? There's – I mean, there's a lot of reasons. All the idiosyncrasies about the, the way the game works. But the end is that it's just random difficulty every time you play. And once you appreciate that, then you're, you don't get really frustrated. And it is a really, really big, important criticism to level that at the game. But here's the funny thing, is that our console games, even our most lauded console games, do the same shit. And so the bad aspects of this game are just as bad as like what Gran Turismo does with their computer cars. It's actually even it's a little worse in this game, but here here's the funny thing, right? I mean, it just seems like there's so much about published video like game like really like the what are what they call AAA games, right? The super commercialized games where so much effort's put in the presentation and then the details of what's actually happening are just glazed over, right? And so what you end up having, like, this is a good game, but it's, it's clearly not really racing because you got to do stuff like Smash to Pass, which is, by the way, incredibly satisfying and also optimal, right? You just use other cars. You just glance off them. You, you, hit, you sideswipe them and you bounce off them to, to pass them better. And there's this really awesome window crashing sound that's very satisfying. You go off road to help you slow down and get a, off the track, get around the track faster. Like just all kinds of things that would be huge no nos in most racing games. Well, most racing games people use these things as exploits, right? But um, yeah, I mean they're like they're completely there for your disposal. And and the other thing is right, like you're racing against like 22 cars on a track. And, like, remember what I just said about the cars, like, they can see each other but not you? Yeah. What that means is that there's a train of 22 cars, right, that goes around for about three turns in the beginning. And that means that, like, if you drive like a race car driver, like a real racer, you'll never win. You just won't. Because they all start out faster than you. No, not just because of that. They actually start out really slow. There's other weird details I don't want to get into right now. But it's because um, they actually – wait to pass, right? And they drive like real race cars would, right? But the thing is, like, you don't have enough time to drive like a proper driver. You just don't if you want to win. So you end, what you end up doing is you, you end up driving these real tracks with these very realistically handling vehicles in a very idiosyncratic way because the racing line, the fastest line around the track, is completely blocked because there's a train of cars occupying it. So you have to spend most of your time until the until it thins out on you know and there's like no cars around you. Most of the time you're actually driving off the line like with two wheels on the side of the road, um, just taking very very bizarre patterns around a track because it just turned out that due to all these idiosyncrasies because they didn't really sweat the actual details of the gameplay very much. You just you just do these weird behaviors, and so it's not real racing at all, but it's 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 pretty fun. Okay, so you liked it, and then you didn't like it, but now you've come to like it again. I've come to like it again. I've come to terms with what it means, right? Like you can't, you just have to give up. Like you can't expect to get any any place, right? You can't expect to get first place. I was trying to get first place, and I was so frustrated that I couldn't get first place. Yeah, last week you were saying that you would just reset it. Yeah, and then I realized. Um, you know, there's enough people, other people playing it, who get all the upgrades and they're also good. That um, it's really suboptimal, actually, to try and get first place because you just end up having to spend so much money. That and that's the other the other weird thing. I don't, I really don't know why they did this, right? Like you actually, they kind of give you money as reward for winning races, kind of like NASCAR, which means that like if you just finish, right? Like let's say like. 
there'd be like a 10 point scale, right? Like from one to 10, 10 is the biggest prize you can get. Right. So if you finish last, it doesn't go from like one to 10, it goes from like eight to 10. So you get a bunch of money, even if you don't place well, oh. which is, which is actually, it's kind of funny because you can actually grind pretty easily if you want to, to gain a lot of money. Yeah. But I was just asking you last week, if you thought that, um, if the outcome of the race didn't affect the amount of money you earned, yeah. would it be a different game? And you said, yeah, and that's essentially what's going on now. The outcome does affect the amount of money you earn, but it is much, much less than I thought. And I don't know if they're changing this on the fly as I'm playing or it's just developing like this as I get further into the game. But it feels like it's it feels like the difference in the amount of money I got was much more stark at the beginning. It was more like a one to 10 and now it's feeling like it's more like an eight to 10, you know, like I'll get seventh place and I'll get like, it's, it's like more of a function of like how long you drive for, right. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. That takes away everything that was cool about it last week. Right. But the thing, I mean, the ultimate effect of that system just means that um, you can still make money even if you don't place that high, right? So I think it's okay. I'll take your word for it. It still seems contrary to what we were talking about last week. All it means is that you can't screw yourself if you're not good enough. If you're not good enough, you can still get a decent amount of money, right? Yeah, I'm just saying that you are excited that it actually rewards you for being a yeah. skilled player. But, it, but in light, but also remember last time, right, I didn't realize how random all this shit is, right? So I, it's almost like it's a... It's like they made this accommodation because they knew that, like, essentially the difficulty of every race would be so out of your control that um, they just, like, did this to, like, soften the blow of, like, you not being able to, like, get first every time, for example. still sounds like quite an accommodation to me. Yeah. Quite a bit. Well, it is. I mean, it just makes it easier. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't like, out, you know, by them doing that. But I'm not hung up on getting first place anymore, so I'm enjoying the game much more. That actually is a big step for you. Yes. yes. Step one in your 12-step plan. This is true. And, um, and now, it's, now it's enjoyable again. And um, it doesn't – I mean the fact that there's actually a skill game at its heart finally is what redeems it. And, oh, yeah, the very last thing I want to say about this no matter how you cut it, just the touchscreen controls cannot hold a candle to controllers. Yeah, that's true. No matter how you cut it. I spent so long trying to find an optimal way of actually playing with this interface. Well, I mean, they could have coded it differently. Like, No, it doesn't matter. You can't fix it. Like, um, I'm basically totally screwing up about 20% of the time, no matter what. And you know it's the controls I would use for that? I would use those RAID uh, virtual window controls. No, point point much, where you want the car to go. Too much latency. They have tilt, and that's too much latency. Just means it was done poorly. And there's no non poor solution. Where else are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. As always, I remind you about our Facebook page at the slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Uh, also, our website, ChatterboxGameShow.com. And, you know, we haven't mentioned our phone number in forever. Are we officially giving up on that? I think so. All right. Due to lameness. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. It's it was never good enough to actually air the stuff that we got. Well, yeah. Par- partially thanks to Google's hyper um, compression. Yeah. Well, it was free. What are you gonna do? Yeah, we shouldn't complain about free because then. We'd, yeah. We'd be stupid. You'd be complaining about Real Racing Three if that were the case. Touche. Okay. So what else do we have? This is the last segment. Go out with a bang. I could tell you about the 16-button controller. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, I want to actually um, fulfill my promise that I gave at the beginning of the show, that we're actually going to talk about something I said that we would. Oh, no. That since, since we love to make a habit about saying we're going to talk about this. The music in, must be coming because this can't actually in, happen. In 20 minutes, and then uh, we never talk about it again. So one of the uh, – there was this – one of the sessions at GDC right now was about um, Tokyo Jungle. You heard about this game, Tokyo Jungle? I don't think so. This is a game. Um, I think it's only available. I don't even know if it came out here yet, but it was out in Japan, and it's basically a game about animals that are in urban Tokyo, and you're like an animal, and you fight. With, the city's just overrun with animals, and you fight other animals. Remember that Super Have we Nintendo not talked game? about this already? Maybe, but there's... Yes, we did talk about it, but there's a specific angle I want to bring up that is really, really interesting. Anyway, so Tokyo Jungle, they at GDC, they showed a comparison of two uh, package designs. Uh, one that was suggested, or I guess the better word is requested, by the sales department, and another design that the developers wanted to do. And I think they ultimately went with the one the developers wanted to do. That's um, surprising. Okay. It is a little surprising. Um, and you can go, you can see, I mean, you can look up the game on the interweb and you can see what the cover looks like, but I'll briefly describe it. What the actual cover looks like is it's basically this completely desolate street and it says Tokyo Jungle in the middle. And there's this little cute, I don't know what it looks like, a Pomeranian or something, like right in the middle, just all by itself, right? And your wife seems to know what I'm talking about, so so I'm kind of curious what she's going to think of this, right? You. You read about this? No, I saw it. I saw the demo. How did you not see this? I don't know. It's really, it's really pretty funny, right? Because it gets like crazy aggressive, doesn't it? Is my memory of it that it goes from like a Pomeranian to like an aggressive Pomeranian? Maybe, but I'm just talking about the cover. That's okay. all I want to talk about today. Okay. So here's the funny thing, right? If you know anything about uh, marketing's proclivities, you know something... You could probably predict this, right? But the cover that they wanted is basically the exact same backdrop, but with like 20 different animals, like doing just whatever, right? There's a gorilla. There's like, I don't know, it looks like like dinosaur, like Patronodons or something. And there's there's like a whole host of different animals. Well, I don't know what scene. a Patronodon is. Um, yeah, didn't I show you this trailer at some point and we laughed at it together? I do not remember it enough. I don't know why it's not. Maybe that's why. Here's the thing. So if we can channel into the minds of marketers for a second, right, we can understand that what marketers want is they want the most amount of people to buy the product possible. And the typical line of thinking to complement that goes like this. So we got a cover, right? It's going to show some things about the game. And so what the marketer wants to show is as much different stuff about the game as possible, right? A marketer looking at the previous package design that I described with just one lone Pomeranian, really tiny in the middle on a completely deserted street, right? To them, they're like, I don't know what this game's about. Looks like you're playing as a Pomeranian. This looks like a stupid game, right? So they're like, Let's put in all these other animals so people can see that this game is about all these other animals. What do you want to say, Michaela? So I think, actually, the best cover for this game would be the cover you've described with the lone Pomeranian on the front, but then a scene on the back where you really are displaying the aggressive nature of this Pomeranian, say, versus a T-Rex. Um, that would make me want to buy that game. That would be cute. Yeah. But I th- here's the really funny thing, and I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to show this one to Alon right now because we've got both screens, both designs right in front of us right here. Here's the funny thing. To me, just as like a consumer, I actually think that the cover that shows, like the preferred marketing one that shows like all these different animals, 
it's so busy. It's so there's so much stuff going on that everything there just seems to disappear in all the detail, right? Like the detail is so high that you actually kind of like ignore everything that looks very generic, and you're just like, oh, this is a, this is a cover that I cannot pay attention to. Whereas the developer cover, even though there's less information on it and it doesn't tell you about what the game is really about necessarily, it's just, at least to me, I want to know what you guys think. It's so much more inviting, mysterious, appealing. It just makes you wonder, right? You look at it and you're like, wow, what's going on there? Whereas the other one with all these animals, you're just like, oh, they're just a bunch of animals. Well, it starts to really look like an Ubisoft game, um, which I'm not totally opposed to, um, but it makes me feel like I'm, I'm going to race cats and hats versus play an interesting game. Yeah. Now I pose this question to you guys. I mean, what's, what's more appealing to you? Are the marketers right or are the, the, the artistic developers right? Well, anybody who knows anything about marketing knows that uh, – if you leave some things to the imagination that you're going to, to sell more games because there's the intrigue behind it versus um, oversharing what's in the game. You start to confuse what the game's about. So you're saying that they just had shitty marketers who weren't smart enough. Fact. That's fair. I, uh, I hate to admit it, but I kind of like the one with a lot of animals on it because I do have no idea... Like, if the Pomeranian were looking aggressive or angry, like, I'm looking at these, and I... Is that blood next to his face? That's probably blood. It's, if the blood stain were more pronounced or obvious, then maybe? But now, honestly, it just looks like a lost dog in Tokyo. Yeah. But then I see some others that I don't know are necessarily... I'm just Google image searching. Um, I don't know if this was the suggested cover art. There's, like, there's this one which is just a lot of animals. It's not the same scene. It's a different scene, but with just a ton of animals. At least I understand, like, hey, there's a bunch of animals that I could perhaps be playing with. It's, it's because the... Which the, do you think would catch your eye, though? The one with all the animals in it. Really? Yes. I don't think it, it, it wouldn't if, catch if my it was eye. The, if it was the Pomeranian doing something, sure, but it's just standing there, it looks like. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, so, like, it's such a stark, unexpected image that that's what makes it stand out. It doesn't out. seem that way to me. I mean, it's subjective. Well, of course. It, the Pomeranian is interesting because it's uh, a very distinctive po- post-apocalyptic image, um, which makes it haunting and seem like that yeah. there's more to the game. That's a good word for it, actually. If he were, like, holding a part of an animal in his mouth, that would be interesting because there's a juxtaposition of, like, the small, relatively docile Pomeranian uh, doing something that I would not expect of him. Yeah, that I, would make I think sense. that would make but it worse, though. Just standing there looking at the camera? Yeah. No. No, it just uh, it doesn't do much for me. Well, maybe that's what the marketers at Sony said. By the way, there's at least one funny comic associated with this game when I do an image search, and I am not going to say it on the air, but I liked it. So now I did. We definitely did look at a preview of this game, and it looked hilarious. Yeah, it's a, it's a very cool idea. Just animals taking over Tokyo, killing each other. But the hilarious part was the Pomeranian, which is the part you seem to be resisting the highlight of. We're talking about the cover catchiness. That's what we're talking about. The game itself is not as important to me for this discussion. The only funny part of that entire preview of the game was the Pomeranian. All right, fine. I just realized, by the way, that I responded to something that she said not in the mic, so I don't know if people are even going to understand what I said, but... Uh, isn't it isn't whatever. it funny though? Like I've I've seen this happen so many times. Um, the developers will want to do like a very like beautifully composed artistic cover for their game that has like a composition, right? In other words, right? Like when when the art guy on the developer team makes that thing, right? He's like as concerned with negative space as he is concerned with positive space. And then the, the marketers just seem to tend to just be like, well, we just want to put as much stuff on there as we can, right? Because, you know, if there wasn't that Patronodon on there, then it's probably not a Patronodon. But if that wasn't on there, right, then like then the Patronodon fans wouldn't get interested. And so we want to make sure that the Patronodon fans get into this and notice this game, not just the Pomeranian fans. And we want to make sure the Gorilla fans and the Turtle fans and 
right? And so, like, we just put as many animals as we can on there, and that way we can capture every little tiny corner of the market we can possibly yeah, capture. Yeah, but you know what? With the with the dog by itself, I just think it's another one of these, uh, you know, dog simulation games. That's you know what? If I can indulge in speculation, that's probably what they said too, right? They're probably like this. You you'll think that this is a game about a dog, yeah, right? and it's not. But there's, you know, it makes me think that there's also there's value in expressing a title and a con- like a visual concept of a game that isn't a precise reflection of what that game's actually about, right? It's like book titles. Like book titles, a lot of times aren't actually they're about something in the book, right? But they aren't always like this very accurate encapsulation of what the book is all about. like the episode titles for Chatterbox. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's value in that. I mean, we don't. I don't. I'd be I'd be very sad if we lost that. All right. Well, uh, I'm I'm curious to see what actually. Oh, I, I guess we know which cover they did pick. Yeah. Huh? They went with the Pomeranian. just the dog. All right. Well, good for them. Um, I'm going to mention UAT.edu one more time, the website for the University of Advancing Technology, sponsor of the show and friend forever. Um, so thank you very much to them for keeping keeping us around. Um, we're, we're definitely at the end of the show, so i got nothing more. Um, we're going to be back next week on time, Monday or Tuesday, I'm not sure, but definitely not Wednesday. Definitely, definitely not Wednesday, Wednesday, which by the time you're listening to this, it's already Thursday or later. So uh, our apologies for that, but we'll be back at a better time next week. And, uh, and that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Write us. Facebook slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Good night, everybody. listening to chatterbox video game radio tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming and remember all your base are belong to us